Hello, my name is Felix Chevalier with the Cuban Connection. In this episode, we will be discussing how the United States is responding to health attacks on U.S. diplomats in Cuba and its consequences on U.S.-Cuba relations. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. So of many of you, uh, may have heard <clears throat> a number of American diplomats in Cuba uh, have been uh, reporting uh, health concerns. Uh, this started back in January of this year, 2017. Uh, some of the uh, symptoms are hearing loss, uh, other symptoms are uh, memory loss, and in some instances, uh, some of these health attacks have uh, resulted in uh, minor brain trauma. The Cuban government has uh, stated that they are not aware uh, and have not been involved uh, in any activity that would adversely impact any American diplomats or diplomats from any other countries as well. Uh, not only were American diplomats uh, injured through this, what's often being referred to as sonic attacks, uh, but also Canadian diplomats as well. Many of these attacks took place at a hotel where many of these diplomats uh, were staying, but some people have reported that they heard either high-frequency noises uh, in the middle of the night while they were sleeping. Uh, in some instances, some people would say they would wake up. Uh, if they just moved two feet, they would still hear uh, this weird noise, but if they moved a few inches over, it would stop. <clears throat> it all seems pretty bizarre. Uh, no one knows what is actually what has actually taken place. Uh, all they know uh, are is what the consequences are. Uh, the Cuban government has allowed the FBI to conduct uh, actually three investigations and to date uh, there has been, there has been uh, no news on the actual cause of the attacks. Now the State Department as a result of uh, these injuries started saying that they were going to shut down the US Embassy in Cuba uh, but what they actually did was uh, they basically ordered the removal of non-essential U.S. diplomats or folks who work within the U.S. Embassy in Havana to, to leave. Uh, obviously, that has a number of consequences, and we can certainly discuss, or I'll share with you at least my thoughts, on why uh, this is taking place. Uh, I've never been a conspiracy theorist. Uh, at this point, we're only left to speculate as to what would uh, or who would do uh, these things to American and Canadian uh, diplomats in, in Cuba. Uh, so as I mentioned, the State Department has pulled uh, non-essential staff from the U.S. Embassy in Havana. Uh, one of the effects of this is that the U.S. Embassy in Cuba will not be issuing visas to Cubans. Uh, uh, one of the things that we try to make sure that we discuss on the show is how is this going to impact uh, ordinary day people, everyday Cubans. Uh, the U.S. Embassy in Cuba issues twenty to 30,000 visas a year. 
to Cubans on the island, uh, and uh, they will not be doing that. And from our understanding, uh, the the, part, the the embassy has shut down the issuing of visas indefinitely. So certainly you have tens of thousands of Cubans and certainly many more family members are going to be adversely impacted as a result of this action. The U.S. government uh, took a step further. Uh, the State Department requested and frankly expelled over 60 percent of the Cuban diplomats in Washington, D.C. Uh, they actually have until next week, October the 9th, to leave the United States. Uh, interestingly enough, one of those people uh, is Ruben uh, Ramos Arieta, who is the Minister Counselor for Economic and uh, Econo Economics and Trade for the Cuban Embassy. Uh, he is one of the point people uh, that we have been working closely with in trying to assist U.S. companies who are interested in doing business in Cuba. Uh, but uh, Ruben sent a note out uh, this week uh, letting folks know that he will not be uh, in the United States as a result of the request from the State Department to leave the country. And obviously this is going to have an adverse effect on the many companies in the United States that are seeking to do business in Cuba because their staff is going to be cut drastically. Uh, in fact, the counselor office, uh, which facilitates more of the needs that uh, Cuban Americans need as it relates to Cuba, uh, has been reduced to a staff of one. Uh, so that means Cuban Americans, who normally would use the Cuban embassy in Washington, D.C. to get to Cuba, will now uh, be adversely affected because the office is now consisting of one employee to manage thousands and tens of thousands of people who rely on that agency to facilitate uh, uh, their, their needs as it relates to Cuba. So we'll see how that's going to play out. Um, uh, all of these actions take, uh, will obviously are having immediate consequences on folks. Now, of course, people are wondering, well, are the Cubans involved? Uh, if it's not the Cubans, then who is it? Uh, I have my own ideas, uh, and even within my own ideas as a lawyer, I, you know, I, I challenge even my own ideas. <clears throat> but I think inherently I don't believe that the Cuban government, the official Cuban government, would uh, part partake in an event uh, that would jeopardize something that they want, uh, which is the lifting of the embargo. Uh, President Raul Castro of Cuba has personally made a point to uh, share with the U.S. government that the Cuban government has not been involved. Uh, that's one. Uh, some people may think that that is good enough. Some people might think that that is uh, proof that they are involved in the process. Uh, I personally do not believe that the Cuban government would uh, officially engage in hurting U.S. diplomats or Cuban, I'm sorry, or Canadian diplomats. And here's why. When you go to Cuba and you talk to everyday people, artists, and top-level officials, particularly when you're talking to top-level government officials, if they have a talking point, that one talking point is this. 
things would be better if the embargo was lifted. That is their primary talking point, is the lifting of the embargo. I've been on trade missions to Cuba, uh, I've been at conferences in Cuba, and you cannot interact with any Cuban official. And at some point, the discussion of the lifting of the embargo not come up. It comes up every time. It is their number one priority as relates to uh, uh, the United States. They want the embargo lifted. And if Cuba, if Cuba was, uh, it, I, I think it would be contrary to their inherent interests to hurt U.S. diplomats because by doing that, it would only work against their interest in having the embargo lifted. So let's play this out a little bit more. Um, there were not only, I'm sorry, American diplomats who were injured, but there were also Canadian diplomats that were injured. Canada, uh, Canada is a major trade partner for Cuba. Uh, they have a great relationship. Uh, many Canadians actually vacation in Cuba. Uh, people from Europe often connect through Canada to actually vacation in Cuba. Uh, Canada is an, an, almost an indispensable uh, trade partner with Cuba, so that's another party that I cannot imagine the Cuban government, particularly when they're going through really challenging times when another one of their trade partners, Venezuela, uh, is no longer able to uh, continue trading with them at the level they did years ago. Uh, last statistic I read, uh, the imports from Venezuela dropped by 30%, and that's primarily uh, on petroleum, uh, of petroleum products, and it's probably greater by this point. So it would work against the Cuban government's interests to harm the Canadians, who are, are frankly a very strong trade partner for them, and uh, the United States, who they ultimately want to have as a trade partner. Now, you may have a number of you may have a number of people who will think, well, maybe it's the Russians. Maybe it's the Russians who are uh, the ones who uh, are part of this process. Maybe it's the Russians who are um, behind this. I don't necessarily think that that is a far-fetched idea. Uh, we've received uh, confirmation from the various intelligence agencies in the United States letting us know that the Russian government has uh, interfered with the U.S. elections. And so it is not a far-fetched idea, at least to me, that the Russians may have participated in um, driving a wedge between the United States and Cuba. Uh, Cuba has relied on the Russians for uh, many years, frankly, ever since the um, United States imposed its embargo on Cuba, that's really what led to Cuba relying on Russia. We now see Russia uh, collaborating with, Venez with Venezuela uh, to help them in their time of need. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we can get into a lot of discussions about uh, 
you know, international politics and how the United States may be driving wedges with uh, our neighboring countries in Latin America and how maybe if we took a different approach, we could have a better relationship with them and not have our known enemies, such as Russia, coming in and getting uh, access to the Western Hemisphere in a way that can be adverse to American interests. Uh, that's probably another episode uh, where we can discuss uh, international politics. But in terms of, you know, who could it be? Look, it could also, it could be the Cubans. You may have some Cuban official who realizes, you know what, um, the embargo uh, works to our favor because it allows us to blame someone else for the problems uh, that are going on in Cuba. And as a result of that, uh, we're able to keep control of what's going on. Uh, some people do not like change and the idea of normalizing relations between Cuba and the United States. Uh, it would certainly change a lot uh, in Cuba. And uh, there may be folks in the Cuban government who don't want that. I'm sure they, they, they exist. Uh, that is also a possibility. Um, right now, we certainly do not know what has caused these attacks. But what we do know is its impact. And the impact has been that it has now uh, driven a strong wedge between the United States and Cuba. Uh, 21 Americans have been injured, uh, Canadians have been injured, and it has now uh, really uh, put a wedge between the United States and Cuba. Uh, all the efforts that were made in terms of advancing trade discussions, uh, those uh, opportunities are now going to drop drastically because there's simply not enough manpower within the Cuban uh, embassy in Washington, D.C. to facilitate that process. And we certainly have Cubans who are uh, being adversely affected because issue, I'm sorry, visas are not being issued to Cubans to come to the United States. I'm sure there are a number of other things that uh, I am neglecting to mention. Uh, there are many other ways where Cubans are being adversely impacted, how Americans are being adversely impacted. I happened to be in Havana when the State Department issued the notice that they were going to be withdrawing Americans from the embassy in Havana. Uh, that's going to have a chilling effect. Uh, not only did they announce that they were going to be pulling folks out, but what they also did was issue a warning to Americans to uh, not travel to Cuba. They're not prohibiting it, but they're warning Americans uh, to uh, not travel to Cuba. And so obviously we're going to have Americans who uh, will take heed to that. And I will say that I think it was a prudent move by the U.S. government to say, look, our American workers were injured. We investigated it and we don't have answers. We're gonna pull our people out. I frankly think that that is a prudent move because the American government is obligated, any government, any government agency, whether it's local, state, or federal, their number one objective is to make sure that they uh, safeguard their citizens. So I can objectively say that that is a good move by the State Department. Now, what I do not understand is why the State Department would expel 
Cuban diplomats from the Washington DC office when they don't know what the problem is. There may be a third party, we don't know. There is no injury to uh, Americans by keeping the Cuban, uh, the Cuban diplomatic corps in Washington DC. It only minimizes the opportunity to engage, uh, share information, to try to further figure out what the challenge is, and it, it certainly damages any trade discussions that have been uh, taking place in the interim. Uh, <clears throat> now, the effect, I believe, of the U.S. government expelling diplomats is basically a form of punishment, but I think it's frankly unfair to punish those without knowing what actually happened. I think, again, the prudent move was to remove U.S. diplomats from Havana, but I don't think it was a prudent move to um, expel Cuban diplomats from Washington, D.C. Uh, we can continue on these discussions as usual. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at contact at thecubanconnection.org. Again, that's contact at thecubanconnection.org. My name is Felix Chevalier. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe and leave your comments to The Cuban Connection on whichever podcasting service you use.